had a job interview with like this big corporate marketing company in Utah. And I think if I would have taken that job, I would have never traveled in my life. I would have been in Utah, I would have been making some good money. I would have, you know, tried to advance through the rankings and just settle there. And that would have been my life. And I, I, tr- I thank my grandpa because he was like, do not take that job. That's that will be your life. Go work for the other company, the International Argentinian Hotel Group, and learn that way. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Shot of Inspiration, the podcast which gives you a different perspective about life and share inspiring life stories. I'm Sarah and I decided to share stories and experiences about citizens of the world I'm meeting on my personal journey. They decided to create the life they want, do what they love and define their own vision of success and happiness. Because you don't need to be successful to share an inspiring story. This podcast is yours, so let's take a shot of inspiration. Today, I'm having a conversation with Ryan from Utah in the USA. Ryan studied marketing but also Spanish. He decided to push further his Spanish level by going to Barcelona for a two-studying exchange. He also lived in Argentina and Costa Rica before traveling and working in Australia with his Spanish partner. He decided for the moment to settle in Australia. Between all these abroad experiences, He came back to his country and was going through what we are all going through when we live abroad for a short term. Moments of doubts, lows, should I stay, should I leave again, should I take this serious job? I loved having this conversation with him because his reflections are mine, ours, and he shows us we are humans. It's okay to feel down and we need lows moments and less exciting experiences to shape us and help us to know where we are and where we really want to go. We talk about real concern when living abroad, distance with the family, homesickness, the fear of the unknown. Also, Ryan comes from a family who was not traveling much. Well, who said you need to grow up in a family who travels to be a traveler? Before this conversation, if you want to listen to more episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on the platform you are using. I will be also really grateful if you can share your support on my Instagram page or leave a comment below the episode. I can't wait to read them. So here is my inspiring conversation with Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy to do an episode with you. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. And to hear your American accent yeah. <laughs> after a Spanish and a Mexican accent. So can you please introduce yourself, Ryan? Tell us your age, where are you from and where do you live at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. So my name's Ryan. I'm 28 years old. Uh, I'm originally from the United States. Uh, I was grew up in utah so kind of like the midwest um and then yeah i'm currently living in glenelg in south australia pretty excited here i like it here (laughs) how long have you been living in south australia and in australia then yeah so moving backwards i moved to australia in december 2019 originally landed in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then I've been living in South Australia now for about two years, 
escaped the winter one time, went up to Queensland, so had a little break in between there. But yeah, I really enjoy South Australia. Yeah, that's what we like, <laughs> avoiding the winter. But South Australia is really nice. And mm. so you in Australia with a working holiday visa, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Came on a working holiday, uh, did the three years, and then there was an extension. So on the fourth year, my visa is expiring in December. So trying to work something out in that aspect to stay longer or cross yes. the finger but i'm sure you will we manage to find a way to stay longer <laughs> yeah yeah and what was your plan originally when you decided to uh, do a working holiday visa in australia just you wanted to just travel and then come back to the usa or uh, yeah yeah i think with a lot of backpackers my plan was similar one two years max um and then go back home or figure some some something else out where to live you know Um, so yeah, and then it's really changed my experience being here. Now I'm looking at the long term and it's quite the change of heart, but it's, it's been good o overall experience. Yeah, I can imagine. And how, so how come your mind changes and now you're like, I want to live in Australia and not in the USA anymore. What, what, what's, what's the change, this change? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so there's, I don't know what the quite change is. I mean, life here is really good. I really enjoy the work-life balance. I enjoy the nature that's around here. It's like a beautiful place to live. Um, but to be fair, from a young age, I haven't really been working in the United States. So I don't think going back to the U.S. was necessarily in the cards. I mean, it's something I always keep in mind because I obviously have my family and friends there. But it's not something I'm like work like really on my radar going back to the US. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And so when, uh, before coming to Australia, uh, tell us a bit about your background. Did you always wanted to live abroad? Um, is it something that came into your mind a long time ago or you just wanted to change life? Yeah. So no, it came about pretty late in life. So I, growing up, you know, grew up in Utah with my family, didn't really travel, never really traveled internationally as a family, at least like not that I can remember, maybe when I was really young. Um, we'd go on family trips like within the United States sometimes, travel a bit, but not much. Uh, and yeah, my mom, my dad, my sisters, they didn't really travel either. So when I was in university, my, I think it was my junior year, I was 21, And I uh, decided to, I was studying Spanish as well in university and decided okay. to go <laughs> internationally to practice my Spanish. Um, so I met with an advisor there and initially I was going to go to Paraguay. Um, and But then I talked to somebody on the program and it wasn't necessarily what I was looking for in a broad experience. So then I landed on Barcelona and I think that's the oh, first time I traveled yeah. when I was 21 and it was an amazing experience it really like shaped I think that decision really shaped my life like um from then I wanted to continue to travel and always like looking for the next opportunity where I can go and experience another culture and how long did you stay in Barcelona yeah so the first I, I went on an exchange program I did an internship there so I was living in a room one room three guys oh, just wow. random people um that we met through the program and yeah I did three months there so it's just like a summer program I did a three-month internship but it was amazing but 21 years old is really young like and from an American to Spain it's it's so different like what 
How did you react it when you started in Barcelona at that age? I mean, I definitely was naive back then, you know. And when you're 21, you're in university, you, you think you know everything. Um, but like, I, but it was it was humbling, definitely, and it was and it was just so eye opening, you know, because it was so different from the kind of I was going to I was in Utah for university, mm. and that is like a really more tame kind of culture and environment so to go to Barcelona was um, definitely culture shock but it was mm. I enjoyed I enjoyed the challenges every day and like yeah it was fun yeah and as well so you had the opportunity to then speak uh, Spanish yeah and like usually the English speaker country doesn't learn another language so yeah. do you think that this opened your mind as well the fact that you were able to speak English and Spanish yeah Definitely. I think, uh, well, yeah, so I, I've been studying Spanish all through my primary school years and then continued it in university. And that's something my like dad instilled in me. He was just like, just, just do it. You know, it's like, I enjoyed it. I was pretty good at it. And so, but when I first got to Barcelona, I mean, I thought I knew Spanish and then you get there <laughs> you and don't. You, you don't know anything, you know, not the Spanish accent and vocabulary is quite different from the Latin American Spanish that we learn. Um, but it was, and not to mention Catalan is, is very prevalent there and it's all on all the street signs. So it's, yeah. it was good, but yeah, I think language is really, you know, it opens different avenues for you and it's important and, you know, I know it's difficult and takes a lot of time, but the reward's definitely worth it. Yeah. And so after that, after these three months, you came back to the USA And then you were like, I want to travel again. Yeah. Yep. So then I got invited back to Barcelona for another three months from the same company. They thought I was a good participant. So they gave me another internship. I was working wow. and bringing other like American students over. That was amazing. And yeah. And then that from there, did another three months, went back home. And yeah, I really wanted to continue to travel. So then I... After coming back home from Barcelona, I had a fun, like, a big boy job. I had graduated. I needed, yeah. <laughs> I had my degree. I had no experience besides internships. And I had to, uh, so I was working in a restaurant. And then one day I got a call from a recruiter that, like, my experience matched up with the business. And they had companies in Argentina, so... So what degree did you get? I was, I majored in strategic communication. Okay, all right. So I got hired on as like a marketing specialist for this group that had properties in Argentina and also wow. in Utah. And then that gave me the opportunity to go live in Argentina for a few months as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that I was really lucky with that company. Uh, I, they had hotels in Buenos Aires, uh, Mendoza and Bariloche. Mm -hmm. So I got their luxury hotels. I got to go down there and, uh, live and work in the, in the hotels. So that was quite the experience. Um, and I did that for about six months. And so that was great. <laughs> and you still wanted more. You still like, after this experience, what did you do? Yeah. Um, and then that, I actually went back to the United States. I didn't have the best experience in Argentina, to be fair. It's not mm. all glamorous, you know. There, I think I was one of the lowest points of my life. I was like, I didn't have any friends. I was working a lot. I It was very hard meeting people. So I didn't really like... 
enjoy it. You know, it was a very low point for me, even though I was, you know, living my dream of being abroad. I thought, I, you know, I thought it was all glamorous. But then when you don't have school or you don't have like a lot of co-workers to go mm. meet, it, I, it was hard. So and you so, think it's related with your work? Yeah. Um, when you work in another country, but it's like an office job, mm. it's harder to meet people and get like a full local experience. Yeah. And I think just because my coworker, I mean, it was a very small team. And yeah, I just think it was uh, not a good experience. I, I did m end up making some friends, but, you know, it was very lonely at times. So I was just like in the hotel room by myself. Um, oh. working working, and then going back in the hotel and then going back to, and living in the hotel. It's like living where you're working wasn't great. Um, so, but that, that opportunity went and then I went back to Utah, went back to my parents' house. Um, and then, yeah, I couldn't find a job again. I was like on unemployment. So I was like, again, low, low, low. And then all of a sudden I got this opportunity for a study abroad program in Costa Rica Ooh. and so that was I mean like that's everything I was looking for it was international education it was abroad it was a young team it was a small team it had like a good cause behind it it was a non-profit so was it a a job or was it a st studying yeah it was a job so oh, okay so i was working they wanted they ended up hiring me as like an enrollment manager so i would help like bring students and participants from the united states and other countries to costa rica i would help with their passports and everything like that and so yeah i got to move down to costa rica for two years oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> and that was really a good experience i uh when i When I say I lived in the middle of the jungle, I was like, it was sheer cliffs next to me, waterfalls, vegetation everywhere, wild animals. It was Oh, beautiful. It was amazing. It was yeah. uh, uh, so like going from the low up to the high. Costa Rica was definitely like a high point. Uh, my, the team was really great. I, I really enjoyed the company. And so I did that for two years. I was down in the Costa Rica jungle for two years and it was really fun. And what was the difference, you think, with your experience in Argentina? It's because it was more like a student environment. Mm. You, your co-workers were like more open and... Um... Yeah, I think, well, one in Costa... Yeah, so in Costa Rica, I was in a small town. So you have that small town community. Mm. Um, and then I was living in Buenos Aires in, in Argentina. So it was just like, I, I don't know, the city was very difficult to meet people. And I think, it, you know, it must, I don't know, you would think it'd be the reverse, but mm -hmm. in my experience, it was like that. And yeah. And then also the team I was working with and the job I was doing, the, the company in Costa Rica was way more structured. And then the company in Argentina, I, I really didn't have like... You know, it was just, I was kind of lost. I was like kind of floating around because I was young and I was doing marketing, but I had no direction. So it was hard. That, that was, I think that was one of the big problems in Argentina. Mm -hmm. And two years in Costa Rica. Yeah, that's, that's a crazy experience. Yeah. And so it ended because you, uh, the contract was ending. Yeah. So it was towards the end of the contract. It was a two year contract and then they would renew it for a third if you wanted to. I was at like... A year and 11 months and then my sister got in an accident and mm -hmm. so my mom asked me if I could come home 
So, and then I was already kind of that, that chapter of my life was kind of coming to an end. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I was, uh, when that happened, I went home and, uh, stayed with my mom and my sister for a while, my, my family and was working in a kitchen. So, oh, in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. First time ever working in a kitchen. But at that point I knew I was coming to Australia. So okay. that, that. And how did you knew that? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, me and my, my partner, Monica, who you know oh, yeah. as well, uh, <laughs> we have a kind of crazy story. So we met in Barcelona. She's Spanish. Yeah. She's, she's Spanish. She's Catalan. And so, yeah, we met in Barcelona and then we have been together in a sense ever, ever since. And, uh, yeah. And then we decided to come to Australia together because it's a place we could both live and work together. Um, so that's how we decided that. And then I was working to save up some money and mm. then came here in December, 2019. It looks like everything has like, um, slowly has a link and you, mm. all, all your experience slowly. So you start with uh, studying Spanish, then we, you go to Spain, you come back, you go to Spain again, then you mm -hmm. have an opportunity in Argentina, you come back, and then you finally get an opportunity in Costa Rica, and then you feel that the chapter is ending. But as you met someone from Spain, and you need a country to be like reunited, you have in mind Australia. I love how these little pieces come slowly on your way. Yeah. And when you say you knew it was the end of a chapter, talking about Costa Rica, how mm -hmm. do you know it's the end of a chapter? What did you feel at that time? I think it was just uh, with my personality. I, I sometimes get burnt out at jobs, um, you know, if it's too much repetitive or not room for growth. So I think I was just... Um, and, you know, it was tight quarters. We were living in the, a very small house where we worked as well. Um, Costa Rica is a beautiful country, but the infrastructure is not great. You know, mm. it, doing stuff is difficult. We like, uh, yeah, it was just like to even go to the grocery store. It was a, a long walk and, and then bus ride and then a walk back. Um, but that being said, I, I think it was just the job. I, I, I just felt something, you know, and just felt like I was ready to go. Um, yeah, and, you just listen to yourself. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I really wanted to give it a chance with Monica. So mm. um, yeah, because that at that time you knew Monica already. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that time we had already decided that we're going to come to Australia together. So I was ready to give that a go. And when you say in between this experience you had some lows and ups, mm. when you were in the lows, what made you like believe something was coming? What, uh, what, what were you like attached to, to think that something is coming? How would you waiting? Oh, how would you wait in these low times? Yeah. Back then I think I didn't have the coping mechanisms I do ha have now. Um, I don't think I coped with it very well. Um, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, I think I was probably, yeah, with, with leaving that Argentina job, like I said, I went on unemployment. I was searching. I had a job with uh, a company that I had previously, uh, yeah, worked for, and I thought I was going to get a full-time job there, and that didn't end up working out, so that was another blow to the ego. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and so I was like, I don't know. I, I, I dealt with it, you know, I got through it, but it was... Uh, yeah. It wasn't a good time. You know, I was young. I was, I don't know, 24, uh, maybe younger, 22. Oops. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> That's fine. And um, at, when you look at, uh, when you look at before now, how, um, 
how do you like are you happy you've been in the lows because you think that lows give you the highs just after like uh, you would you do something different or uh no i don't think i yeah i definitely appreciate everything i've been through i think it helps shape the person i am um yeah i, I don't know I, i i definitely think the the lows teach you endurance and like um persistence so And I like your path in Australia as well, because it's a bit like the same with the mm. Spanish countries. You arrived, you were traveling with Monica, you had some experience, and then you started to have again a marketing job. Yes. And so how, how like, tell us your experience in Australia. What was your mindset at the beginning with Monica? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that was a, another, actually, uh, coming to Australia, landing in Sydney. Me and Monica are living with her sister and her sister's boyfriend at the time um you know we're we're in one room and there was it was so great because we didn't have to pay rent but i didn't have that much money saved up mm. i was looking for, i thought i would come over here again my big ego like i come over here be work in marketing of you course know, yeah. that's what we think <laughs> uh, and then that was a humbling experience one the just how expensive sydney is it was Uh, when you don't have a job, money goes quick in Australia and especially in Sydney. And then, yeah, and so I eventually had to get a... I was working at a pub as a waiter. Um, and then the lockdowns came and I was lucky enough to... Trans I was actually getting... Transitioning into a job at a call center. That job was the worst job I've ever had oh in my, my God, life. Oh my God, the call center experience. Oh, You've got was, this experience. It was absolutely brutal. I was so bad at it. I would have <laughs> to say, I would call for eight hours a day saying, Hi, this is Ryan calling from X company. I'm, can I speak to your IT manager? And uh, yeah, I was so bad at it. Um, but I, at least I had some income coming How in. How long did you do that? Oh, probably like four months. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the soul for it. Oh my God, you're strong. Four months of that. Yes. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And then decided to move to Queensland We to extend the visa. Um, ended up working in an outback town as bartenders. And that was an amazing experience. Uh, that was probably my, yeah, it was probably my favorite part of my Australia journey thus far oh. was that the outback pub is such a good community. They loved us you know we had the locals every day is this where they uh, make the gift for you the, the cake when you left yeah they oh. threw us a big celebration when we left um so that was Beautiful. really kind of them and they they treated us like family for sure they took good care of us and uh yeah so that was really nice that was a good experience and were you driven by i need to make money or we want to travel so we need money for that what was your well there was the covid of course in sydney so i yes. suppose i need to make money first mm. and get out of sydney to find a place to have a better job yeah what was your like your motivation at the beginning yeah i think um getting out of sydney um we, monica was ending her job so i was ending my job as well i we decided it was a good time i don't like my job So we needed to we needed to go do work to extend our visas, and we wanted to travel, and I, yeah, needed to make money. I think uh, making money came secondary. I think we had enough money to survive for a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but then yeah, did the East Coast trip to just travel and get a, get away from COVID, um, and then once we were up in Karen's area, we we were looking for jobs and looking to extend our visas. And so you went to Daydream Islands. No, this is, uh -huh. no, this is before, the, yeah, so we went to the pub in 
the outback of Queensland. Oh, and, the outback of Queensland. I yeah. thought New South Wales. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. And then, yeah. And then we did go to Daydream Island and that, that was later uh, after we came to Adelaide the first time and then escaped the winter in Daydream Island. That's what we did. Oh, okay. Yes. So you were like, winter is coming in Adelaide. No way. Yes. So I'm going to Queensland. Yep. Yeah. But then you knew you would come back to Adelaide. Yeah. Because you liked, you had like a crush on the city or. Yeah. Yeah. We liked the city a lot. Um, just don't like the winter. We had our car, we left our car here. We flew to Daydream Island in Queensland. So we always knew we were going to come back and then, but. Oh, great. And now have been here since yeah and so uh, at what moment in your experience after how long with monica you decided we want to stay longer in australia and we're going to work on that i don't know if it was ever like one solid talk like or if like we really had a sit down conversation about it i think it kind of just comes naturally in stages like all right well we've already done this much hospitality might as well do more hospitality to extend our visas and then and then Yeah, and the path we're on right now, looking for permanent residency, like the job I had, I didn't think it would qualify. I didn't take the job to extend my visa, but it just mm. kind of came naturally. So, which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it. Uh, you know, there is always doubts, and living on Australia, I think one of the most difficult things is how to manage your like your vacation because it's so far from everything and like you know mm. you have parents back home wanting to see you and then also because my partner she's from a different country her parents want to see her we're on opposite sides of the earth so like you only get so many days off in a year but you want to travel and enjoy you want to see your parents you want to see your friends so and you want to also discover another country right so it's very hard that i think that's been something that's very difficult for us both And how having to manage that is something that weighs on you and definitely the future in Australia. Mm. So how do you manage? You don't so far? <laughs> you don't. Um, no, I, I've, uh, I've taken a lot of time off, but not a lot of time to go. I, I went home once after COVID and only for about two weeks. Um, so it's sad seeing, you know, I FaceTime my mom all the time and she always says, when are you coming home? When are you going to come visit? And it's sad, you know, because me and my mom are really close. And, mm. uh, but You know, she's also very happy for me. I know she is. And, and she's glad that I'm enjoying and experiencing, you know, this this chapter of my life. Um, but I definitely miss her and want to, you know, see them again soon. Definitely. And I think I think the family part is um, the, the biggest issue when people think about living abroad is how do you manage to... Uh, how often are you going to see your family? How hard is it? Mm -hmm. And you have a partner, you said that is from Spain. Yes. So uh, as well, how do you manage to see both families and mm -hmm. also try to take time for you to visit? Yes. And what what would you say to someone that is scared about the family issue, that wants to live abroad, but it's like, I'm not going to see my parents as often? Get a fully remote job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess that's the really only option. I like uh, Why? To give an excuse? <laughs> yeah, just just to be like, I don't know, if you if you really need to see family, like quite frankly, the days you earn in a year of like annual leave, it's not enough. But I don't know. I don't know how to manage it. I think mm. if you work fully remotely, you can you can 
travel all around the oh, world. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like a mine, you mean like someone that works and save $50,000, I don't know, in eight months and yeah. then take four months of holidays? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true, true. I met someone like a French girl like that. She works hard for like six or eight months mm. and then she takes four to five months of holidays every year. But she doesn't have a partner that helps, but that's the solution. Yeah, that's the solution. Yeah, that's fine. But I guess, as you said, your, your mom, your parents, your family is happy for you. Mm. So this is this uh, strange feeling of, I miss, I miss my son, I miss, I miss him, but I'm also happy for him, that yes. for the life he's creating. Yeah. Is it a horrible feeling? No. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, I feel guilty. You know? I yeah, feel you... this overwhelming guilt, uh, you know, but... It's something, you know. <laughs> but I'm sure it's just the beginning of expe or your, like, your PR in Australia. You're working on that. So I'm sure you're going to start to manage as well because yes. you're, you're ending, you're in, a, in, a, in between. Mm. It's the end of your backpacker yes. life <laughs> and you're the start of your like more um, adult life. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I can man. say. Don't say that. How, I, do you I feel feel <laughs> How do you feel about like, what was your feeling when you... Because I, I feel like there is a difference between me and you, for example. Of mm. I'm still in my working holiday visa mood, uh, backpacker traveling. So how, like, how was your feeling when you decided to, with Monica to go to the PR? D do you feel like, okay, it's time to move on? Or like, uh, <laughs> what do you feel? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it kind of came naturally, you know. When mm. I came to, first came back to... Adelaide I was doing hospitality for a little bit and then I, I, I really it stemmed out of me wanting to have the weekends off you know oh, <laughs> just like yeah, yeah so you were I, tired of that no I remember you told me you were yeah. tired of hospitality yeah yeah I was I was burnt out of it um I, I mean like I still like it it's still something I think about sometimes but um so yeah actually... it was just like really I wanted to not have to work on Saturday Sunday Friday night that kind of thing So it's actually naturally, yeah. Yeah. It's just something suddenly you decide, okay, hospitality, I still like it, but mm. I want my weekends and I want to have like a more, um, a, a better rhythm than the hospitality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I also for professional growth, I guess I shouldn't, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. I guess for uh, professional growth as well. I think that's. You know, I, I wanted to put something on my resume. So any office job was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's that's a beautiful experience, Australia as well. And is there some moments where you were like, um, when, when did you go through really difficult moments during mm. your travels? Yeah, yeah. I think Sydney was very difficult. I lost my grandpa when I was in Sydney. You know, I couldn't go home for the funeral. So that was pretty tragic. Oh. Yeah, my dad was really torn up about that. And, you know, you want to be there to help him grieve and get through it. But it was, so that was really difficult. I was still looking for a job. I, was, I didn't have any friends. Um, again, in Sydney, I, didn't, I knew no one. Uh, we weren't staying at a hostel, so I didn't, mm. like, meet people. You know, we were staying with Monica's sister. And, like, it was great because she introduced us to her friends. And it was, you know, it was she was really welcoming and kind. Uh, but that just that journey in Sydney was quite difficult, not having a job, not having many friends, losing family members. And then, yeah, there was a time where I thought I was like, uh, I can just go home. Right. You know, I'm I have the luxury of, you know, com coming from a good home and and, you know, my parents would always be there to support me. So that's something that definitely has gone through my mind 
not just then on multiple occasions throughout my travels. Um, I think it's quite normal for backpackers, really, or people living abroad, and, you know, home homesickness is real. Yeah. Yeah. And what makes you stay about, apart, Monica? Yeah. Like, oh, what, because uh, you could have taken, as you said, uh, a flight ticket and come back home and say, mm -hmm. now I give up everything, it's too hard. Mm -hmm. What made you stay? Yeah, I, yeah, Monica is definitely a driving factor in that. You know, she's my best friend and uh, I, I love being around her. Um, also, just, you know, perseverance. I think it's like also trying to prove people wrong. I'm very competitive. So, like, you know, people. I don't know. I just think I always I always enjoy doing what's like not the norm and like unexpected um, just because I don't know. I've done I like that from a young age. So I think that kind of drives me as a person and, and all my mm. decision making. Mm. And as you said, homesickness is real. But um, if you would have never traveled and stayed at your home, would have you been like more happy because you would have avoided maybe this situation mm. but then you stay at home and you don't um i don't know what, what's what's the um, what's the right solution what what should you do i i'm trying to understand because some of my friends are telling me i could not do what you do because we're mm -hmm. too far from you're too far from your family if something like losing someone from a family happens it's too hard but then mm -hmm. i try to tell them if you stay where you are And you never do what would you like you would like to do. We also face some frustration and mm -hmm. some like routine feelings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think like really two major decisions made me like want it. Like one was the initial study abroad experience. I think that really shaped me. And like then I realized like it's so good for you. And then yeah, and then. Just I had a job. I had a job interview with like this big corporate marketing company in Utah, and I think if I would have taken that job, I would have never traveled in my life. I would have been in Utah. I would have been making some good money. I would have, you know, tried to advance through the rankings and just settle there, and that would have been my life. And I, I, tr I, thank my grandpa because he was like. Do not take that job. Oh, That's, really? That will be your life. Go work for the other company, the International Argentinian Hotel Group, and learn that way. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so it was, uh, shout out, Grandpa. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> not every time, but sometimes you have to listen to mm. the voice of your parents or grandparents yeah. telling you don't take that. Yeah, but you wouldn't oh, expect beautiful. the grandpa going for the yeah. less corporate thing. But Of course. Yeah, he has some good insights. So I'm glad I went with his, you know, advice. And because I think it is easy to, you know, be comfortable where you are. I think, you know, mm. you live a good, happy life growing up in your hometown and, you know, having that community around you. I think it's, it is a good life for a lot of people and, you know, but it just wasn't for me at the end. Mm. Do you think so taking uncomfortable situation uh, brings you more like uh, adventurous moments? Yeah. 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 And so how do you take, how do you think, like what advice would you give if someone is struggling to take like an uncomfortable situation, uh, decision? That's someone that is always going for the comfort. Mm. What would you advise for this person to go for decisions that are a bit harder? Yeah, I think just, you know, it starts with small steps, you know, just trying a little something that's out of the comfort zone and then going from there and keep building and building. I think it's something that, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it, we're, it's in, 
inherent in us that we, you know, we fear the unknown, we fear, we, we fear fear itself. Um, but it, once you start kind of towing the line, you want to keep going and going for better or for worse. I don't know. <laughs> so it's just a practice for you, you think? Yeah. The more you take like uncomfortable decision and the more you get comfortable actually to yes. take decisions like that. Yes. And when you, when you were in the, again, the lows of this dis- difficult moment in Sydney, what do you tell yourself? Do you tell yourself, wait, it's hard now, but it's going to get better? Mm. Or what helps you in these moments? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think just getting perspective on a lot of things. I think like realizing, you know, a lot of people go through these same emotions and this is a normal feeling. Um, optimism, definitely trying to be optimistic that things will get better. You know, I strongly believe that good things happen to good people. So I try to stay optimistic in that sense. Um, and yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, it's hard. Um, but it's hard to get lost in in you know, some of those emotions. And sometimes you need to reach out and, you know, have those great support systems ar- around you. And I have great people around me that, that help. So, so that, the people around you help yeah. as well? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think uh, everyone here, all my friends here and all my friends back home they and my family, they all help me when I'm down, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have that support system and reach out to people and talk. Everyone's willing to listen, you know. Oh, beautiful. Mm. And and what does your family and friends think about your your journey? Are they like, wow, <laughs> you're crazy, yeah. Ryan? Or yeah. do they want to do the same? No, they think I'm crazy. They, they, <laughs> think they definitely do not want to do the same. All my friends back home. Uh, yeah, they, they think they're like, what, what country are you going to move to next? I don't understand. Um, you know, and I, I have to miss out on a lot of things back home, but they understand that, you know, I li- this is my life and I like traveling. So they're super supportive. Yeah, my mom wishes I <laughs> was back home, but uh, mm. again, very supportive. Um, yeah, but it's it's interesting to see the contrast of like my family who hasn't really traveled much and my friends that, you know, don't travel internationally that much and then. There's me. And, and like, you, yeah. yeah and again, how do you said, because you said you decided to study uh, Spanish. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, why suddenly from a family that doesn't travel, friends that doesn't travel, yeah. and a country where the USA people travel, but maybe not as uh, much as you? Mm-hmm. So how it came into your mind, I want to study Spanish? Yeah, so that came about... Um, my older sister, she would, uh, I remember when I first really liked Spanish, I was really young. My older sister, she was like, you know, learning Spanish in high school at the time. And we're sitting at the table and she'd be like, I say a word in Spanish and you have to guess what it is in English. And we made a little competition with my other sister. And so that was, I really liked that game. So that and you're was competitive. Really cool. yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I was studying. I mean, Spanish is widely spoken in Utah. It's very, there's a big Hispanic community there. Oh. Um, so it's like a ton of people speak Spanish. Um, but yeah, and then my dad, you know, uh, my dad, uh, definitely suggested that I keep with the Spanish because it'll help me in the job hunt, you know, saying you're bilingual is definitely mm. something that's good on the resume, I guess. And in his eyes, it was at least. <laughs> so they were upon minded on that. They knew that speaking two languages was something good for you for. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. My dad encouraged it. Definitely. You know, I was going to stop when I left 
high school and was going to university. But then he suggested I just do one more year and then it was like another year and then, yeah. So that's how I did it. Wow. But I was really bad at Spanish for a long time because like I was only learning it in classes. I wasn't doing like extra lessons or really utilizing it. Um, but then I was going to school in Utah. You go have classes with a lot of return missionaries from the LDS church And they had all lived two years in Spanish-speaking countries and speaking every day, and they were so good. Oh, great. And so that was like, oh, I need to go somewhere to actually speak Spanish. Yeah, because you realize there is a big gap between learning a new language, a language at school and learning in the country. And I think it, it helps much more to be in the country than staying in the classroom. Mm. You're not gonna, never gonna... Uh, learn too much you need to go abroad you need to travel in the country to better the language yeah as you said there is different of accents you learn which is good you learn the spanish from latin america yeah. we learn the spanish from spain which is really hard <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah it, it's it's definitely um I, I'm, i'm grateful that i speak some spanish i'm definitely lazy at it and i should should be better but <laughs> at least i have some basics there and you have a partner that is spanish so you always can have uh, qu um, ask questions <laughs> yeah but we always speak in english, english. <laughs> I'm she's the one that speak a lot of language as well <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like it's definitely and you know when i first was coming to australia i wouldn't think that there was that many like spanish speakers or really yeah spanish speakers particularly But, like, every, everyone here speaks a lot of languages, you know, and so it's, it's great. And as an American um, that you traveled, so you lived in Costa Rica, traveled in Spain, Argentina, and live now in Australia, mm -hmm. um, what's your, um, I don't know, did you, did you have funny situation, um, culturally speaking? Cultural mm. difference between Spain, all the country you've been, Australia. Like, how do they welcome the American travelers? Yeah, I mean, I definitely... The, the thing I get most as an American traveler is politics. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it all the time, every country I go to. And it's, uh, it's very interesting to hear people's perspectives. I'm not big into politics. So I, I normally don't have much feedback to give them. But uh, now, honestly... People have been very welcoming to me everywhere I've gone. So never really any bad experiences. I've, I had one guy try to take my jacket once, <laughs> steal, rob me for my jacket. But uh, Why? Because you were American? No, because I had a jacket <laughs> oh. and he was very drunk. And, oh, okay. uh, so, but he couldn't even stand up, so nothing happened from it. But uh, uh, yeah, no really bad experiences. Not too many runs in with a lot <laughs> oh like oh not bad experience but a funny big cultural difference between the usa and other like culture mm -hmm. yeah let's see i don't know uh like something you always do in the usa and you arrive in spain or in australia and you're like oh my god they're not doing that mm. For example, Mikael was telling me he's Mexican and with the Asian community in Australia, that was really funny because the Mexican are really touchy, uh, but yeah. not the Asian, some Asian countries. Mm. 
And so he had to learn that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that was the thing. Uh, when I first moved to Spain, I thought people would speak very close to you and very affectionate. And so, so like when I met Monica in Spain, mm -hmm. I, I thought she was just being a nice friend. Like you know, this is how Spanish people do. They like talk very closely to you. They touch you. But uh, no, she was flirting with me and I, uh, <laughs> I was just p putting it off to her being nice. Oh my and God. The cultural difference. And she tried so hard and you were yeah. like, oh, that's just normal. Yeah. You know, they're just super kind to each other. I didn't want to be the, yeah, I didn't want to like think that, oh yeah, you know, I, th I thought it was a culture thing. <laughs> Now, you know, it's not. <laughs> it definitely was not, apparently. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really big cultural difference. Oh, well, great. Well, thank you for all these stories. Did, yeah. Would you like, I don't know, to give some advice to someone here that from the USA that come from a, a, a state like Utah and that mm. would like to travel but it is a bit scared? What advice would you give? Ah, yeah. Oh, man. I guess some advice I'd give is just... Just try it, you know, plane, plane tickets aren't that much. Start small, mm. grow bigger, experience something new. And, you know, keep trying to do that for the rest of your life. Experiencing something new is makes you a better person, I think, in, in the grand scheme of things. Experience is really important for you, I feel. Yeah, mm. definitely. Well, experience life. <laughs> experience life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you want to add something else? Uh, no, it was great. Thank you for taking Thanks. the time to speak with me. I, I hope I didn't ramble too much or, uh, you know, no. stumble around. That was great, Ryan. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was thanks. beautiful. Thank you.